Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Let me just say, it matters what we speak into existence. And so you speak things into existence. And so in Jesus' name, uh, we're going to speak blessing and favor. So um, uh, thank you, uh, leadership team. And uh, thank you, House, for uh, just your, your love. And I mean that sincerely. Thanks for letting our family grow up in a safe place. I mean that. Uh, we don't take that for granted. Thanks for being family, and thanks for uh, being a part of our family. Uh, John chapter 5, we're going to be looking at this, uh, this text, and we are in a, a series that we're kicking off today called Summer Soul, and uh, I hope you're having a good uh, summer. If you haven't planned your vacation yet, plan it, even if it's on your back patio, whatever it is, take time and uh, rest. There's significant points in, in life when we change the pace. And if we don't learn how to change the pace, we'll burn out, or we'll we'll uh, burn out, or, or become in a breakdown. And so we, we got to learn how to change the pace. God wants us to be active and advancing, but He also designed us to know the rhythm of rest and to have Sabbath and how to how to have rest. And uh, uh, it took me longer in life to learn how important the Sabbath is, the the day of rest. And uh, God created the earth in six days, and he rested on the seventh. And in the seventh, it was complete, and he enjoyed it. What good is all, if all you do is work for it, and you never enjoy what God has provided to honor the one who has made all things possible. And uh, so on my day off, it's my Sabbath. Uh, you can call me, but I'm sitting on my patio. I'm going out to lunch with my wife. I'm cutting the grass. Some of you are like, well, that's work. No, not for me. That's therapy. I love Cutting the grass. And so whatever it is that rejuvenates. And so we want to change the pace here these next couple weeks as we're into summer. And uh, the series called Summer Souls, we're really going to be looking at, at uh, uh, developing health and uh, being healthy at the deepest part of us. That the soul, that our soul would be healthy. That, that the scripture says that, that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. That it's from the, the, the innermost being of your heart springs rivers of living water. And so I'm going to take a, just a couple weeks to talk about uh, the soul and changing the pace and, and being healthy uh, in, that, in the area of our soul. Today, I'm looking at John chapter 5, Pastor Mike preached a, a great message two weeks ago. And, and I sat through all three services. And while I was sitting there, I thought, this is a great word dying on the inside, that we have to die and surrender to ourselves or surrender and die to ourselves so that God can work in us. Healing begins when we die to ourselves. And uh, it was such a great word. Wasn't that a great word two weeks ago, man? If you missed it, you can go back. Yeah, thanks, Pastor Mike, for sharing that uh, five of us liked it. We were really, um, (laughs) trust me, it was a lot more impactful than it was expressed in that moment, so trust me. Uh, But there's beyond just dying on the inside. I want to talk today from the same text, as I was listening in all three services, I thought, there's a sequel to this. How many know something good deserves a sequel? And uh, that was so good, I thought, man, that deserves a sequel. And uh, so I want to I talk today from this title, Coming Alive on the Inside. Uh, it begins with dying on the inside, let's come alive on the inside. You just stood, and um, I almost said, I'm not going to make you stand because you just did, but, oh, it's the Word of God. Y'all want to, how many want to stand for God's Word right now? Yeah, y'all don't mind. John chapter 5, here's what it says. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, 
and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets in there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that mat. You know, that's exactly what I would say if I saw somebody who was not walking for 38 years, and I knew that they couldn't walk, and the next time I saw them, they were walking. Yeah, first thing I would say is, you can't do that. I mean, what is wrong with a person that the first thing you see is not the miracle of what happened, but you're not allowed to do that. That's not permitted. That's not proper. Um, God, give us eyes to see what he's doing greater than we can imagine. But the man replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. God, today I declare, the Lord, in this room, we will pick up our mat and we'll walk. Father, whatever we've laid on, Lord, for, for whatever years, whatever time it's been, that, Father, we would walk into complete healing and wholeness, we pray in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, would you shout amen? amen. You may be seated. Ask your neighbor, because we always do that on Sundays. I don't know. Ask him, what are you expecting? Don't say when or are you. What are you expecting? Here's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting by the end of this service that people are going to come alive to new life. They're going to come alive on the inside. And so prayer team... Uh, and even some of our leadership team, we've already been prepared because this is our third service. We're going to lay hands on the sick and believe that they're going to recover. We've already seen people healed. We've seen people uh, this morning uh, already the touch of God. And so we're believing in Jesus' name. Let that multiply, that you would walk in healing. Do you remember watching the uh, prices Right? And any time you would watch the, the prices Right, the person would get called down and so-and-so, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. And usually it was the person like, you know what I'm talking about? Like there was the excitement. They did not even spin a wheel, make a bid, do anything. All they did was got their name called. They're like, yeah. Like they were the craziest fool in the room. Like they're high-fiving, hugging people they don't even know. And they're just all excited when they get their name called because of expectation and opportunity. I wonder if that was David when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Yeah. I wonder if there's an excitement. There's something in us that the opportunity to just come into the presence of God, that when we get filled with excitement, excitement sets the course. That where there's, or not just excitement, but anticipation and expectation, that when we become expecting, it sets the course for what's ahead of us, that we would be in a place of expecting to come alive on the inside. But here's the process that we, that we walk into. In fact, a, a good friend of this house uh, shared this in uh, one of our, our Monday nights, a group of guys that were, we get together for discipleship and, and just encouragement. And uh, Michael Genua, who's a, a part of that, uh, Michael, of course, recently went to be with Jesus. Michael said, life is a process, and so true that life is much of a process. Life we experience in the process, but if we're honest, we wish the process was more an instant operation. Don't you realize that we all wish that life was not so much a process of what would happen, but it would happen quickly? You know those people that sit at the red light, and as soon as it turns green, they blow the horn to make sure the person ahead of them knows it's time to go how many have ever experienced that that person and that happened to me one time and I'm like oh no you didn't 
I'm about to take my time. Because I'm going to give you the opportunity to grow in patience. And then it's somebody you know. You're like, I did. (laughs) There's this, this expectation of wanting to be immediate. But life as we walk in Christ is not a process of being immediate, but instead a process of of moving forward from one stage to a next. It's not instant. The process that I'm in is this. Here's what I'm in. I'm in the process of becoming more like Jesus and Jesus becoming more at home in my life. That I'm in a process, and this process is I'm walking in complete healing. Somebody say complete healing. I'm walking in complete healing, body, soul, and mind. Or body, mind, and soul, whatever way you want to put it. I'm walking in complete healing. See, I started the moment I came out of my mother's womb and I breathed my first breath. I don't remember. I'm not that person. I remember coming out of the car. I had a teacher like that. I'm like, you are so messed up. Like, you, I hope you have a therapist, okay? Because you got a lot of issues. Like, she remembered being born. Don't tell me you do too. Okay, no, all right, good. All right, I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. But anyway, the moment I was born, I don't remember, but I know I started a process. I was born in a broken condition, in a broken world, and every step I took, I just got closer to brokenness. But Jesus intercepted my life, and I got saved, and now I went from moving closer to brokenness to now moving closer to healing. There is an interception that happened that he interjected or inter- intercepted my life, and now, just like the timeline of creation and of history, I've got a B.C. and an A.D. I've got the B.C. that before Jesus came, I was moving closer to brokenness because I am broken. I live in a broken world among broken people. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among people of unclean lips. Woe is me. What hope do I have? except that he brought a coal from the altar and touched my lips and cleansed me. And now I'm no longer what I used to be, but now I'm made new in Christ. I'm not now moving closer to brokenness. He intercepted that, and now I'm moving closer to healing. But here's the reality of it. I am, but I'm not yet done. I am healed, but I'm becoming. You would ask me today, Jason, are you completely whole in Christ? Yes and not yet. Wait a minute. What is your, what's your problem? Yes, I am, but I'm not done. You see, there's this contradiction that sometimes in this process, because it is a process, I'm becoming more like Christ, and Christ becoming more at home in me, and is this process of being, being in the place of knowing the tension. And I think the tension early on, you see, when God delivered Israel out of, out of Egypt, he delivers them and brings them to the Red Sea. As he brings them to the Red Sea, Moses is leading them. And here are two verses right back of each other. Back to back. This verse, Moses says to the people, stand still and watch the deliverance of God. Stand still and watch the deliverance of God. The next verse, God says, why are you standing there? Get up and move. What? You just told me to stand still and you told me to move. What do you want me to do? Both. I want you to be content in me where you are, but don't be done moving into what I have for you. Be healed and continue to walk in healing. Be healed and continue to walk in process to what it is that I'm doing in your life. It's both. Are you whole? Yes, but not yet. Yes, I am, but there's still more that God is doing in my life. You see, when you begin the journey, you have three options and three places that you can park yourself. The moment you meet Jesus, your life begins to change. And as you become in the journey, you have one option, and one option is to arrive. You know, like to make it. Like, here I am. I did it. I'm a Pharisee. Look at me. 
I know the law. I know the rules. I know how to do it. Let me tell you how to live your life because I'll tell you when you're not. Like, why are you carrying that mat? You're not allowed to carry the mat. Because I know the law, I know the rules, and I know there's, a, there's this arrival. And how many know sometimes there are people who are in Christ who have arrived and they know it all and they've been there and now their job is to judge everybody else for not being where they are. That's one place you can arrive. The other place you can arrive is I'm in process and the process gets frustrating, the process gets hard, and so because the process is frustrating and difficult, I'm going to fade out and step away from the process because it's not doing what I thought it would do. How many have ever been tempted to just back off? I'm glad we're honest people in the place. There are moments that, God, I'm trusting, I'm believing, I'm praying. I know I'm holding on. And, and oh, God, then I didn't expect this. And then that happens. And then this comes about. And there are moments like, God, maybe if I just fade away, play it safe. Let's not move forward. And it's easy sometimes to back up. So you can either arrive, you can fade away, or you can remain in process. You see, what I need to learn to do is how to be in a place of here's what a healthy soul looks like. A healthy soul looks like in every moment I know how to be still and know that he's God. A healthy soul knows how to stand on what doesn't crumble, what doesn't shake. When all around is sinking sand, I stand firm and hold on to this one thing. A healthy soul has the power and the ability to remain. What did Jesus say in John chapter 15? He said, remain in me and I'll remain in you. No, no, you can't produce fruit. No branch can produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. You must remain. If you remain in me, I'll remain in you. And when I remain in you, you will produce fruit because apart from me, you can't do anything. So learn the power of remaining, that we would be in a place of learning how to remain in him, being in pursuit, that we would have the power of being able to remain that a healthy soul knows how to remain. And here's the importance of remaining. And this I hear, I, I hear so strong in my prayer time with, with the Lord is this, to tell the people, don't give up ground. Don't give up ground. The Lord has brought you too far to go back now. There's some of you in the room that need to hear this. God has brought you too far because you're tempted. And you're like, God, it's not working. I didn't, I thought the, the excitement and the anticipation, the expectation I had, woohoo! How many know the woohoo doesn't always last as long as you wish it would? Sometimes in the process, now it's like, God, i got to trust and i got to believe. And sometimes it feels like, well, maybe I just need to remove myself and go somewhere else. No, it's not removal, it's remaining. Remain in the promise. Remain steadfast. Remain in the process of what God is doing. That's sometimes hard. Because sometimes I worship in moments where it's not that I feel it, but like David, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, I'm going to bless the holy na- his holy name. I, I, that changed my world one day when I read it, not from the bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I read it one day, and I'm like, I saw David in, in the pit saying, come on, soul, do it. You don't feel like it. But I, I saw David grabbing himself by the collar and saying, get your act together. Get back where you belong. Don't fade. Don't fall back. Don't, don't, don't move in the wrong direction. You don't feel like it. It doesn't look like it's working. But bless the Lord, oh my soul. You will bless the Lord because he's worthy. He deserves it. So you're not going to fade away and back off. You're going to bless the Lord. When you don't feel like it, bless him even more. Because it's a sacrifice of praise. And he inhabits the praises of his people. And I've learned sometimes the most powerful moments 
moments in the presence of God is when my soul doesn't feel like it. But I say, oh, so you will bless the Lord. You will declare the praises of God. You will declare the hope of God. And in those moments, places a breakthrough that God brings in our midst. Because the enemy wants to get you to a place where you're like, if I just fade back, if I remove myself, if I leave here and go there. You know what you've done? You've given the enemy a foothold. God gave you the high ground, and instead of holding the ground, you've now just backed off. And all the enemy wants to do is discourage and move, remove your expectation enough that you begin to back up. And the moment you back up, guess what he does? He begins to stand on the place that God gave you. He begins to stand on the word that God gave you. He begins to stand the place where he said, you, you said God gave you a promise for your family. And it's not looking like you thought it would look. And it becomes difficult and it becomes waning and hard. And sometimes it's maybe it won't happen. You begin to back off. You begin to learn how to just go along with the flow. And you let the ground go. And the enemy just wants that moment for him to come in and sneak in and take the ground. Don't give up the high ground. God has brought you to this place that he's brought you. He's brought you in victory. You're not where, oh, oh I, I know. You say, Jason, but I'm not where I want to be. Oh, I know that, but you're not where you used to be either. You are healed, and you're becoming healed. You are, and you're becoming. You're in process. Look at your neighbor. Tell me you're in process. You and I have got to learn how to remain. Here's this man. He's at the, the pool of Bethesda. He has this, this knowledge. Everyone knew that if you, you need a healing, you go to this place that has these four porches and they're this portico, this covering, and the waters would be stirred there every so often, kind of like uh, old, old Faithful in, the, in the, uh, the National Park and not quite the same. You know what's interesting is Jesus doesn't come in and condemn that whole thing. He doesn't come in and condemn it. He says, I'm greater than that thing you're looking at. I'm greater than that thing. That thing that you believe, I'm not putting that down. I, I would almost see it like, hey, medicine, absolutely, that's okay, but I'm greater than that medicine. I'm greater than that. Yeah, absolutely. Therapy, counseling, by all means, yes. Yes. But I'm greater than don't leave me out and don't make me a last resort. Allow me to walk with you because you are healed and I'm working in you and you're in process to become even more whole. And I'm never going to reach that place until I get to be with Jesus for eternity. There's a process that he's bringing us on. So where do we need to remain? I want to look at this man's positioning and encourage you and I today. Remain. Remain. The enemy wants you to back off, to, to lose your expectation. He wants to rob your expectation. I've been dreaming a dream for Fayette County for over 10 years, if you count the time we were youth pastors. And this is not about me or anything. But i got to be honest with you. There are moments where it's like, God, I'm believing that you're going to do certain things like this. And then... When I believe and pray for, and then it doesn't happen like this, how many know those are moments sometimes it feels like, oh, well, maybe I'm not the person. Maybe I don't have what it takes. And the enemy starts wanting me to say things like, well, I don't have what it takes. Someone else needs to do it. I'll just back off. And God says, no, don't you dare give up the high ground. I gave you footing and I gave you place. The enemy wants for nothing. You're in process. It's not done yet because I'm taking you to a place that only I can do it. And if only I can do it, then only I can get the credit. And if you're okay with only me getting the credit, then hold on. You remain. You remain. You remain. You remain. And so remaining, where do we need to remain? Here's the first place we remain. Number one, we remain in the place of grace. This man is under a portico, and these five porches that are covering, this was, this was known, and in fact, in 1964, uh, uh, an archaeological dig found this area because it was thought before, well, maybe 
John had the wrong place or it was translated wrong. No, literally right next to the sheep gate, it was found this area that would have been a pool and and, uh, pillars that would have held five porches. Now, this place of of porches represents grace uh, and mercy and grace, that the covering of God. Literally, it's a covering where people who had ailments, the people who were, were who had conditions, limitations, uh, infirmity, they would sit in these por- under these porticos, these places, literally at the water, waiting for the waters to stir with the plan and hopes of being healed. But here's the picture. They sat under the covering of grace. How many know that you and I are under God's grace? And when we are under God's grace, God doesn't look at us and see our frailty, our weakness, our inability. He looks and sees the blood of his son, the grace of God that covers us. Now, like Mephibosheth, who sat at the king's table his ailments and his disabilities were covered under the king's table because God will cover your weaknesses as long as you remain in grace that when you and I remain in the place of grace he covers us and he will cover us in every place that we go but if we step out of God's covering how many know we're on our own and here's what it means to be in grace when I live in grace grace allows me to recognize not what I don't have but what I do have a mindset of poverty always begins with what I don't have Do you want to get well? I can't. Do you want to get well? I can't. I don't have anyone to carry me. I don't, and even when I do, I can't get there in time. Someone gets ahead of me. How many times are we not walking in complete healing because we're still, we're too mindful of what we don't have and not mindful enough of what we do have? We start with, I don't have. But how many know grace causes me to start not with what I don't have, but with what I do have? Grace causes me to live in the perspective of, yes, I know there's realities in my life. Yes, I was born in a condition that made me insecure, and I'm still recovering from those insecurities, but here's the grace of God. God got a hold of my life and turned my life around. I'm not struggling with insecurity. I am not an insecure person like I used to be. I've been changed by the power of God. I am healed, and I am still becoming healed. God has done a work in my life, and I am under the grace of God. Yes, I have tendencies that make me feel a certain way, think a certain way, but I I know the grace of God, and before I'm going to think the way I used to think, I'm going to think of the grace of God that says he covers me, he's for me, he's with me, he walks with me. I'm not what I used to be. I am in the grace of God, and he covers me. you got to know that you're covered. Remain under his covering. you got to remain in the place of grace. Number two, got to remain in a place of expectancy. Remain in a place of expectancy. This man arrived at the pool. We don't know when he got there. Pastor Mike did a great job two weeks ago outlining some of his condition, uh, those details. I'm not going to go into that. You, You can go back two weeks ago and listen to that. But he comes to this pool at some moment in his life as he's been, been unable to walk for 38 years, and at some point he gets to the pool. And how many know when he got to the pool, he was probably like, oh, it's coming. But then somewhere along the way his expectation got robbed. Because it was taking longer and difficulty and it felt like frustration. And you and I might be able to relate to those moments, but oh, that God would help us to remain expectant. That we would remain in a place of being expectant. That we would expect of God. What's the opposite? When I expect, I'm, I'm able to see God's provision. But if I don't see God's provision, I see my problem. And when I see my problem, I go from expecting to coping. Coping. Just trying to get by. Just making it. Just holding on. How you doing? Just, just hanging in there. Well, I know there's some days it feels like we're just hanging in there. But Jesus didn't bring salvation, healing, and deliverance just for you to hang in there. He gave you the power of his spirit so that you could become more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. 
he gave us the power to overcome. And I'm going to remain expectant in every place, fixing my eyes not on what my problems are, but my eyes on the one who is my provider. I need to remain expectant. And this man, of course, is at a, at a place, and, and his expectation started to wane. But there's another place we remain that's remaining in the place of obedience. Because something happened the moment Jesus says to him, he says, Jesus says, do you want to get well? He says, I can't. I don't have anybody to take me to the water. And even if I do, the, someone gets there ahead of me. I can't. And Jesus says, Jesus just simply says, take up your mat, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. This man remained in a place of obedience. Remaining in a place of grace, remaining in a place of expectancy, and remaining in a place of obedience. Notice Jesus says to him, stand up and walk. You know what the guy could have said? Uh, I haven't done that for 38 years. You want to touch me first, and then I'll walk. You want to heal me, and then I'll walk. Heal me, then I'll stand up. How many know oftentimes obedience is the precursor to your miracle? Obedience is the precursor to miracle. Why? Because according to your faith, let it be. Oftentimes when Jesus would heal people, Jesus would say these words, according to your faith. You know what we need to say back to him? Like Mary, according to your word. The angel came to Mary and said, you're, you're about to give birth to the son of God. And Mary said, what? I'm a virgin. How can this be? And then he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and make this possible. And then her reply was, let it be according to your word. When you and I learn how to say according to your word, Jesus will always say according to your faith. And when God says in obedience, you, you say, well, if, if he carried his mat to get his healing. No, he didn't carry his mat to get his healing. That would be called works. You're not healed by works. You're healed by faith. You say, well, then why did he carry his mat? He carried his mat because faith without works is dead. And the evidence of faith was that he stepped out in obedience. The evidence of faith, according to his faith, was the stepping out in obedience. God is going to call you at times to step out in obedience. And you and I have got to discern and learn how to hear the voice of God and how to step out. And there are times when you feel like, God, I don't know if that's you. Here's what I've learned to do. If it's something that's valuable, healthy, and good, it's probably not the devil. God's putting in my heart to give this money that I got here and Take it and put it into another ministry. <laughs> well, even recently, uh, just some resources and opportunities and, and uh, some money came, uh, came. It wasn't a large amount. It was like a couple hundred dollars. So don't get, although you're like, wait, a couple hundred dollars. Trust me, I know, but I'm just saying. And I thought, oh, God, that's really cool. But then the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to give that to the center of hope. And I literally for a moment like, God, is that you or is that me? I'm like, shut up. What Lord, is it you that wants me to bless other people? Is that, what, is that really you? I mean, I don't have to ask God that. It's obedience. Okay, God. Lord, if that's what you want done, if that, I'm going I'm to step out in obedience. You see, what we do, though, is we try to reason. And if we're being honest, we try to call it discernment. No, it's called Negotiation. We try to call it like spiritual words. Like, I'm just discerning. See if the spirit, Lord, is this really you? You want me to step out in ministry and bless others? Lord, is that really you? <laughs> no, it's the devil. You know, the, the devil made you do it. I, no, if it's God, step out. 
but this act of obedience, that when we walk in obedience, it opens the door. It's a precursor. And so I want to encourage you to remain in a place of obedience. And if you don't know what to do, do what God told you to do last. And remain. Remain. Remain in grace. Remain in expectancy. Remain in a place of obedience. And lastly, remain in a place of healing. Here's what healing is. Healing began the day Jesus died on the cross and said, it is finished. In Isaiah, Isaiah says this, that before Jesus was even born and even died on the cross, Isaiah the prophet said, by his stripes we are healed. So what I want you to know today is you are healed and you're becoming more healed. I know that's not proper, but you are and you're not yet. You got it? So don't let the devil take ground from you and say, no, your mind isn't renewed. Yes, it is. Don't let the devil rob you and say, it's not working. Yes, it is. Don't let the devil rob and say, you know, those prayers you're praying, they're not working. That progress you made, it's not enough. It's not happening. Yes, it is. Stand your ground. Remain. Because you are healed and you're becoming even more. You see, I'm not insecure. I am secure. I am, and I'm becoming even more. See, God started a journey in me in my late 20s, early 30s, that I had to recognize. Y'all heard my story. I shared openly that I'm an insecure person. And I said, that's just the way I am, until the Holy Spirit said, no, that's the way you choose to be. You can let me do something about that. So I was saved. It wasn't a question of was I saved. The question was, was I walking in complete healing? Do you get that? There's a lot of people walking in salvation but not complete healing. Because they're saved. But they've either, either done the Pharisee or the fade away. They're walking in salvation, but man, they're so bound up. They're like legalistic and, and ritual and burden and and just hard, it just they're not living the joy of the Lord. How many know that changes everything when you come into contact with the love of Jesus Christ? That changes everything. Now you get to walk in this, this hope, this joy. And even in difficult times, I'm gonna remain. I don't have anything to prove. I just got a God who's already proved himself to me. And I can remain. I am. Um, I grew up, or not grew up, but I started my life experience as an adult back in the day when to pay a bill, you sent a check in the mail. Uh, you young people don't understand that, but these checks, you used to have to write them out and put them in an envelope and send them. Now you're just, Siri, pay my bill. You know, it's just like, you're like on command. You just tell Siri or whoever to do it for you. Um, I would get the bill in the mail, and the bill would say, you owe this amount to this person. I would then take that bill, the envelope. It was always nice of them to provide the envelope. Thank you for the envelope. I'd take the envelope that's provided. I would take that bill. I'd fill out that amount, write the check, sign the check. I would then put it in the envelope that's provided. I would then put that envelope in the mail. It would go through different hands, through the mail, and different carriers, different places. It would then arrive at some point to the place that I had paid the bill. It would get processed, and I would put it in the mail. Jody would maybe ask me, hey, Jason, did you pay the bill? And I would say to her, yes, I paid the bill, but technically, 
it's in process. You see, because I would put it in and then it would take time to get from one place to the other. I paid it, but it would take, then it would go to a processor who who knows how many days it would take there. They would then update my account. So yes, I paid the bill, but technically I didn't pay it until it was processed. But how many know that I paid the bill? The moment I put it in the mail, the moment I signed the check, the bill was paid. It may have been in process, but it was paid. What I want you to hear today is that there was a bill that was paid and on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. I put my trust in him. He paid the bill. And on the day I committed my life to him, he put me in the envelope of his grace. He enveloped me in his presence. And then he sealed me with his spirit. And then he delivered me in the power of his presence. And then he protected me all the way. He paid for my my salvation, my healing on the moment it was on the cross. But how many know it's still in process? It's still in process. The work of the cross is still in process. You are healed. You say, but I don't feel healed. But you're still in process. Remain. You walked in victory. I don't know if it's physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is. God has healed you. Remain in the place he's brought you. Because where he's brought you, he's not done yet. You're still in process. Somebody tell your neighbor, you're still in process. You're still in process. You say, yeah, but I thought I'd be further along. Hey, don't look at your past. Don't look at where you are. Look to God and allow him to continue to take you from where you are to where he has for you. Because the only timeline that matters is your willingness to trust God. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It only matters today that you let him envelop you in your presence, seal you with his spirit, empower you with his presence, deliver you in his goodness, and to protect you in every place. Because how many know he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it until the the day of Christ Jesus. I am sealed. I am made whole. I am. I am and I'm still becoming because of Jesus Christ. I am in process. You say, I haven't, man, I haven't felt the power of healing yet. I've been praying for my back. Well, remain. Keep praying. You say, I've been believing God for, to restore my marriage. Don't let the devil steal your expectation. Remain. I've been praying for my kids to come back to Christ. I've been praying for restoration. I've been praying. Remain. You're in process. Don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give him ground. Stay on the high ground. He's given you the ground. Remain and hold firm because it's still in process. If you believe the goodness of God, that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it, would you stand to your feet right now all across this room and just begin to give a praise to God? Come on, right now. Right now, just begin to give God a praise. Begin to declare the goodness of God. I declare whatever it is you're expecting. I don't know what you're expecting today, but I declare in Jesus' name, it's in process. You say, I'm expecting that God's going to heal my body. It's in process. I'm expecting that God's going to heal my mind. It's in process. I pray in the name of Jesus, autism and any dis, any anything of concern of the mind, in Jesus' name, it is healed. It's in process. He's a God who is able to do greater things than we can ever imagine. God, let us not get good at coping. Let us remain expecting. Let us remain in a place that I am. Am, but I'm not done yet. I'm in a place where I'm content, but I'm still expecting. I know you've done it, but I know you're going to do more. How many believe you're still in process? And so I'm going to ask our prayer team. The worship team's going to sing this song. 
and we've got these last minutes, I believe right now the healing waters have already stirred. The presence of the Lord is here. If you need healing in your body, your mind, your spirit, whatever it is.